Ugh, what a drag, Aaron Thompson. None of our jutsus are working. But Josh Karam, we still haven't done our one and only original technique. Of course. Sound style. Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Gatherers, Gatherers Podcast Jutsu. Welcome to our ninja-inspired episode of the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast. Josh and Aaron, two nerds, talk about D&D today with another class appreciation. We think the monk really got the short end of the stick, so let's talk about them a bit too. Yes, and people might be wondering, well wait, ninja's not an actual class? Well keep tuned with the rest of the episode and you'll find out. I mean, like, the monk is basically like the ninja. Right? Like, everything about the monk is sort of ninja-esque. How do you want to get even more ninja flavor into your D&D games? Because admittedly, it's very Western medieval fantasy. Hmm. So it's, like, very, like, European-inspired most of the time. How do you get some of those Asian influences into your games? Definitely. And when you think about influence, we talked about it a little bit in Tasha's. When it comes to the Eastern influence class, it's really just the monk. Like, the fighter gets the samurai, but that's about it. And then the monk gets the Italian Renaissance doctor, so mm-hmm. they, they balance out that. <laughs> yes, the, there's always balance in the force. <laughs> it's a union program trade-out. Oh, God. The, uh, the, the samurai went to the witch doctor and is like, all right, I'm working over here. You got to go back to the east for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's start off with our, just similar to the bard appreciation, just the things that are great about the monk class. Again, just to show our love to the monks. Uh, you and I have both played monks. Yes. Everybody remember Jin? I love Jin. I love Jin too. Forgot. They were so much fun to play. And just like when I was filling out that character sheet, just the list of class features just goes on and on. Like every level, they're like, here's three more things you can do. It's crazy. Also, as a role player, just Jin, they're so fun. They're the straight character, yeah, right? Exactly. When it comes to comedy. Which is so funny for me to play the straight character. Yeah, I think it was great to because then you have other characters like play off of them. Jin is so like awkward and like the, their cold, unblinking eyes really just make every comedic situation better. So things about Jin that are great. I uh, I played a drunken master for a bit. I played a very southern drunken master. Who was just kind of stumbling around trying to convince students to join him and his uh, drunken master school. And students as in, like, you know, just people who want to learn the art form. Right. Oh, okay. Trying to recruit students to, like, your monastery, not, like, going to a middle school. Hey, kids, have you ever heard of alcohol? And it's like, oh, no. No, no, no. There was no PSA that had to be done after Thank this goodness. character All right, was made, the dare line is wasn't there. Key points, though, because there's definitely a difference how you and I used key points in the characters we played, but, like, just the idea of dealing more tax and... We talked about it when we were debating uh, whether this class would move on in the bracket or not. Patient defense with drunken master, how you're able to disengage so you get that roguish style out of the monk. Mm -hmm. There's just so many cool ways the key points are used. And it's unique to only this class because it's not a spellcaster, but it almost makes up for the fact that it lacks spells with key points. Yeah, you get a lot of utility out of all of the different little tricks that you can do um, as a monk especially moving around in combat, you're never pinned down to one place. Even like your step of the wind, you know, like doubles, doubles your speed. And when you already have an unarmored movement of 40 feet, you know, that's like 
Jin like sprinting like the wind to run up the staircase and then still getting to do all of my attacks. I like the idea that like your wisdom allows you to block hits, you know? Like you're that smart and you're that intuitive that you can see those blows coming, you know? And so you can just dodge out of the way so deftly. And deflect things. Deflect missiles is probably one of the best um, monk abilities. It makes up for the fact that you don't really get a lot of ranged weapons. The excitement of third level is always something important, so it's good that, like, the third level feat for the monk is something so amazing like deflect missiles. Like, it's not only you get your, um, tradition. Yeah, you also get something else really awesome and flavorful off of it. And the other point I just want to make about the monk is that even though the feat's going on, the weakness was they were more just for flavor rather than actually, like, useful features compared to other classes. I love the idea with, like, timeless body, you don't age, and, like, purity of body, you're immune to disease, stillness of mind. These are all just very cool things that play in, like, to the monks that you picture yourself playing mm -hmm. in a fantasy world. Truly, like, becoming that wise, that wizened sage, you know, who's still just as spry as they were in their prime but they're like 100 years old. And I was gonna say, I think one of the, the other main drawbacks is just the martial arts die as a concept needs a, just a little bit more love. Because man, starting out at a D4 is really rough. Especially whenever, you know, in those first four levels, whenever you only get one attack. Like, and I'm sure you can bonus action flurry of blows for two more, which is great. Um, but it's really rough um, to, only, to only be rolling that D4. It's also, we, we always talk about, um, I like to call it the bag of tricks. It's like, you can do your flurry of blows, but when you're next to a fighter who has a D12 uh, two-handed weapon, they could do that for so many more turns, and mm -hmm. then you're like, well, I'm out of key points. I right. guess I'm just dealing, I'm, I'm using my dagger fists, basically, at this point. Right, yeah. So, like, it balances out as long as you still have key points. But the minute you yes. run out of key points, you're like, well, I guess I suck now. Yeah. Which I think is something overall. The key point system is really cool, and it adds a lot to the class. It's just such a shallow resource that it's yes. it's not reliable in the long term in terms of balancing. And this is, um, we've talked before off mic about um, the way of the four elements monk, which I think is such a cool concept, and everybody wants to play like Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, the, the sole reason why it is in there. And it's so cool to be like, I'm a martial fighter that like can do, a, a, again, do a few tricks, right, with some spells. But like, when you're at level 11, that's when you can cast Fireball. And, you're, and if you're in a party with other mages, they've been casting Fireball for six levels now. You're looking around at all your friends in the party, and you're like, guys, you're never going to believe it. I could deal D6 with my hands now. And they're like, that's where you're at? And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, I'm dealing 8D6. Right, exactly. Catch up. The power scaling just isn't quite there. Now, Stunning Strike is incredible. Yes. And also, like, the, the new subclasses that are getting introduced to Monk, they get better and better. It, it's similar to the Ranger talk that we have, because... It's an improving class, and it's clear that people are trying to find new ways to make the monk something people want to play. Like, the Way of Mercy monk, it's a nice secondary healer to a cleric, and it gets me very interested in wanting mm -hmm. to play a monk. Yeah, it gives you a, just a couple healing options, which is something that, you know, I think it's cool when, when other classes dip ever so slightly into the territory of, like, classes we've seen before. So now we're not so dependent on having a cleric to be a healer or a druid, because like maybe we have 
like a ranger with a few heals and the way of mercy monk with like a few heals and like together they can sort of fill that healer spot also it makes so much sense flavor wise for a monk to understand the ability of healing Someone who's so in tune with their own body should be able to heal others. So it makes yes. sense that finally monks have the ability to heal, rather than having to take a feat at some point for a healer. Which, by the way, the healer feat is awesome. I've played with it before in one-shots, and if it's, it's one of those, like, when you're in a sort of, like, low magic environment and you have the healer feat, your healer's kit, first off, you get, like, ten charges with it, and it heals, like, a really good amount. I don't have the stats in front of me, but, like, it gives you a very consistent buff of, like, at least eight. And then you get to roll a dice on top of that. And also, like, when I got to see you play it, it gave me more respect for it as well. Because it's like, all right, I'm just going to be a cleric. Why do I need a healer? Right, it's not just, like, a joke feat. It's cool, actually. Yeah, we want to avoid joke feats here, but it's good. The healer healer has redemption. I don't know what a joke feat is. I'm trying to think, like, Dungeon Delver might not be great. It yeah. depends on if you, you know, play in a campaign that has a lot of traps. You know, oh, and I think that's really what it is, right? There's so many things out there that are just so campaign-specific mm-hmm. that if it just never happens, you're like, well, I guess I, <laughs> guess I got this feat. Not going to use it, but, you know, guess I got but it. But, hey, I have it. Maybe there are no useless feats. I was, uh, I was a little too... Uh, preemptive to say that hashtag no useless feats no useless feats everything has a purpose let's let's say that everything has a purpose Mm -hmm. there is a time and place for everything but not now just like professor oak said (laughs) man that was a deep that was a deep cut i really wish it wasn't like you reflect on it it's just oak is always watching you so he's like oh yeah red red i saw what you're doing hey i see you yeah it's it's ridiculous that like i get it like they need to put something in the game so they could make it logical why you wouldn't ride a bike inside a hospital Mm -hmm. but i love how they had to be like well oak tells me i shouldn't do this not that you inherently are like right not that you as an an individual are like actually i think this is a bad idea yeah there's a lot of injured pokemon here you know what's pretty good if i ride around them on a bicycle really fast Mm What if I just try and fly out of the Pokemon Center right now? <laughs> it should be instead. It should be there's an Officer Jenny always in the area who, like, hunts Honestly, down deviants. It's a shame that Officer Jenny isn't officially in the series, like, in the game series. Because Nurse Joy is there. People could call me out on this, but I think in Pokemon Yellow, there is an Officer oh. Jenny. It's basically reflecting the anime with the Squirtle. Oh, yeah, the Squirtle Squad. Uh, we'll get back to D&D stuff, but at some point, I'm going to look this no, up. No, now I want to play the Squirtle Squad um, in D&D. Oh, that would be fun. I can't find it, but we're just going to say that's the case. And that's okay. And some of the comments could correct but, me on But, you that. know, speaking of groups of turtles, like yeah. the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> yes. um, how... <laughs> Brilliantly I done. I want to talk a little bit about some of the homebrew things we've been thinking about in terms of trying to get more fantasy ninja-esque things going around. I mean, like, we both grew up watching a lot of Naruto, so, like, that's something I think about all the time when I think about trying to be a ninja in this game. Definitely, because it's not just the stealth, the sneaking, the attacks. It's the magical element at the same time. It's Mm -hmm. the ability to... the, The jutsu equivalent to whatever spell it may be. Having that. Not always just being a rock lay. Right, yes. I mean... So much of the monk right now feels a little bit too much like a Rock Lee, and I need a bit more 
I need let's get some 1010 in here at the oh because one thing we always talk about is like I want to throw a fistful of knives you know just like a handful of shuriken and make a huge cloud of them I was about to say that's like the big thing because there's there's so many people who are like all right I will because I've I've dealt with it with new players who are like all right I want to have like six daggers so I could throw like all of them and I'm like well not at the same time. And they're like, you can throw what? two. You can throw two daggers, and it's like... And the second one doesn't get your ability modifier on the damage. <laughs> exactly. Unless you pick up two weapon fighting. So the question Maybe. is, how do we get it so we can justify throwing multiple knives at the same time? Because, say, for an example, we were talking about Fireball earlier, right? That's an mm-hmm. 8d6 spell. And I know that with the, um, the thrown weapon style in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, it sort of removes the problem of like, well, you don't have it in your hands, so you can't throw it, and it, you know, you can do one object interaction a turn, blah, blah, but it's like, now you can pick it up as you throw it as part of the same, like, movement. So now if you have multiple attacks, you can take that to throw multiple knives. Yes. Granted, the knives are still going to be D4s, you know, so then Mm -hmm. you're back to the monk dilemma of like, cool, I'll use all three of my attacks as like a level 17 fighter to throw three D4. And that doesn't seem right. It's a 1D4 weapon. Like, a 1D6 throwable weapon is a strength-based weapon. It's not even Mm -hmm. dexterity because they're hand axes. So... It's like basically they're just trying to justify the dagger enough because it's finesse light and it can be thrown. Perhaps they don't ever want to create a weapon that's worth more because then the dagger will just become obsolete. The other thing though I'm thinking about is um, because daggers are monk weapons, so it will grow with your martial arts die. Hmm. So eventually you'll be throwing 3d8, which will be cool. What I really would like... And I'm a big fan of whenever you homebrew something, you base it off of something that already exists in the game. So, like, for Ariadne, I was like, I went to you, Josh, and I was like, I want Ariadne to be able to throw smoke bombs, you know, and, like, disappear in smoke. So, I was like, cool, that sounds like the spell Fog Cloud. Yes. That's ultimately what I want to do. So, I was like, I would, just give me these little, like, consumable pearls, right, that I th- smash on the ground and they cast Fog Cloud. And we worked it out with money. And it, you know, we have our action economy based. It's the same as if I was literally casting it. It's just an action. You could make the money equivalent, whatever it is. There are people online who have figured out conversions for you if you don't want to, like, go through the book mm-hmm. and try to figure and it honestly, out. Honestly, it might be the same as buying a scroll of Fog Cloud. I thought you were going to say scroll of daggers to get 1010 in it again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, similarly, though, the scroll of Fog Cloud translates to a scroll of Cloud of Daggers. Hey. Right? There and then go. that becomes your 1010, here's your scroll, you know? Or similarly, you could just make it like a key ability that's like you cast Cloud of Daggers, you know, or something. Something to the effect of like its power system is like Cloud of Daggers. It might mechanically do something a little bit different because the daggers won't just hover in the air. You know, you're going to throw them as a cloud. So maybe it becomes more like Lightning Bolt. The justification, too, I think that you can't do it all the time. And that totally makes sense. It's. Like, we're not trying to make it, like, how many daggers does this guy have? It's like, they have a limited amount of daggers and Mm -hmm. a limited amount of energy to be able to do these crazy, focused dagger throws. Like, that's going to be... in the tuning exams. Yes. Tenten throws all of her weapons, and Tamari's still too good. Because Tamari wrecks Tenten. She really does. It's really embarrassing. I want to love Tenten, but she loses all the time like really bad i don't think she yeah. ever wins tamari just wrecks her it's a also like breaks her back 
They don't really yeah, talk about that. I don't know that. how Tenten walked away from that one. Not gonna lie to you. Tamari was a fave from a way back when I watched the Naruto anime as a child. Anywho, yes. So similar to like at fifth level, you only have two third level spell slots with which to cast your fireball or your lightning bolt, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that maybe you only get to do it once or twice, you know, with all of your key points or whatever. You balance it in a way that's like, you only have so many, just like any other class. Speaking of other classes, though, I think one of the big things when it comes to ninjas, because other people might be like, well, maybe I'll play a rogue. You know what I mean? Become an mm -hmm. assassin and play very ninja-esque. I sneak around and I kill a person before they notice at all. So it's almost like trying to create the monk is not only taking all these monk things to give you your jutsus and your, your key and everything like that, but also taking the stealth and attack damage that the rogue class has and mixing those two together. Definitely. And I think the rogue, I mean, at least with like skill checks, their expertise does a really great job of sort of buffering the places that where you might be lacking because the monk is notoriously multi multiple ability score dependent, right? You need your dex, your con, and your wisdom probably, which is like more than other classes usually need. Hmm. So being able to give yourself expertise in skills that maybe your ability score isn't the highest in is a great way to cushion some of those, you know. So like Jin has a really high wisdom, but their dex is only a plus two, I think. And so like if I took expertise in stealth and acrobatics, then I wouldn't have to worry about not having a super high dex. I would still roll just fine on all of those checks. And it's funny, we're talking about ability scores too, because if you're playing your classic champion fighter, you pour into strength and constitution, you're good. You really won't have any problem playing that class at that you point. You will have a great game. But monks, you just have to worry about filling up so many of the stats that you have. The one nice thing about the monk, too, is that eventually you become proficient in all saving throws. So that's a nice boost, right? So you don't have to worry like, oh, because I had to stretch out to get wisdom and dex and con, like, turns out my strength save is pretty bad, you know? And so is my charisma. Jin with the famous minus two to charisma. <laughs> you can sort of um, cushion those too with it's like built into the monk class. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do my hot take. I know I'm wrong, but I want to sure. say it. Like I, I really wish that they could make a new class called the ninja class. They're never gonna do it because you know. Because the monk. Because the, the monk. monk and if anything, it would be a monk combined with a bit of rogue. But that's just multi-classing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I know it's gonna sound crazy, but. The druid in my mind is just the fighter, or sorry, the ranger in my mind is the druid mixed with the fighter. So like some classes are like mixtures, but still, it's not it's not enough of a reason to create yeah, a new I think class. Range, or I think rogue and monk are just a little bit too close together still. Exactly. When you They're, think about it, like the ranger situation is, we took a, a full caster and mixed it with a full marshal, and that's yes. how we got the ranger. Not just pseudo caster, kinda with damage dealing sneak. Agreed. There's just not enough difference between the two of them still. No, definitely not. So it's never going to happen. I get it. I just... <laughs> I dream Stop sometimes. Stop trying to make ninja happen. It's never going to happen. It's never... I know. I don't. I just dream of a world where there's like 20 different classes after a while. Like, they just go mm -hmm. crazy. Oh, you should play Pathfinder then. I was about to say. Exactly. There's there's other... Or I just play D&D uh, 3.5. Yeah, my friend, well, I, I'll never forget. I think I told this on the podcast when my friend played the uh, Adventure Chef. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, like, that's that's an official class in 
3.5. Which is awesome. Like, how great. I want to play a chef. Very ridiculous, yeah. Well, also, I mean, that's like going back to original D&D, like first edition, where it's like you play a class to get to another class. So you mm-hmm. level up in a certain class. It's like, oh, now you could become a bard. And, like, that was just right. the way it that's worked. that's true. So you start out as a knave, and then you become something else. So I know that I have dreams, but I know that they are not the right thing because we are living in the best class system for with five E, in my opinion. I think it's amazing. Wow. I mean, I like it a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of I've never played um, three point five or Pathfinder, but I have a friend who does who has recently dipped his toe into five E. Hmm. So hey, Johnny, if you're listening, what's up, man? And he says that um, the main thing about 5e is that all of the classes become much more like of a, there's a lot more synergy within the class and subclasses are like the big thing that sets them apart and that they have a lot like within themselves that like work together versus in Pathfinder, it's sort of like you have a bunch of different options and things that you can sort of like a la carte make your character as you go. Versus like an Oath of Ancients Paladin like gets a certain, they get certain skills and features along the way and that's sort of like you commit to the whole path instead of like bits and pieces i really wish we just quizzed matt when we had matt on about all the pathfinder experience he had oh true because i'm gonna come off as like such a dweeb but like i avoid pathfinder like i am i'm one of those people who is like the great dungeons and dragons war between the one and two and the 3.5 and four like i'm totally team one two love fifth edition so i just never wanted to touch pathfinder because it was never wanted to be anywhere near it because it's like i i like the system that i have like i really like 5a i don't i mean i think i don't know what i'm missing right so ignorance is sort of bliss in that way but i don't need to be that crunchy and also i think like if i'm gonna spend time to play another game at this point i want it to be like a different dice system so at least it's like i'm not like saying well i could do this in DD. Mm-hmm. I want to play like the Cortex system. Oh, I've been you know, waiting do something to... with a dice pool. I've had the book for Tales uh, in the Dragon Prince universe for so long on the Cortex system. I just have to finish the read so I could run it already. Like I want to play please, it. Please finish. I Stop just... recording now and finish that book so that I can play it too. All right, great. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I won't stop yet. We'll we'll talk about that later. I I'm trying to. I guess technically the Moonshadow Elf, they are, Moonshadow Elves are rogues, so there's there's your rogue sneaky class right there in the uh, the pre-generated characters in Dragon Prince. So congratulations, Aaron. You're them. <laughs> Thank you. You did it. That's my, I've laid a claim early on the playtest content to say that's who I want to be. <laughs> Gotta say it, like, go Dragon Prince for having a non-binary character is one of the six characters you decide to debut like dope we love representation we do dragon prince has some also like gay power couples in the show yes it's freaking uh, great oh my sorry God. not to bring it back around to the monk uh, who i i just had a, a thought that occurred to me something i've been thinking about in preparation for this episode that when when you talk about role play because somehow I got onto roleplay in my mind. I have trouble with the monk that I find that there are specific archetypes that you fall into. And I did this with Jin too, where it's like you're either like very like sagely and monastic and like quiet, right, and smart, or you can play it sort of like the Tai Lee, like I have my abilities, but it's like, but I left the monastery because I'm a wild child acrobat. 
That's totally fair, because I... It's also, like, the monk that I like to play is I think about the old kung fu shows where it's these monks that, like, travel, and they're like, I'm not here to fight, but if, like, someone fights them, they attack. And mm-hmm. when it comes to D&D, like, a lot of these monk things that you're saying, sometimes it's hard to play that truthfully. Because it's like, if you're, like, a very... If you're a monk that studies in this tradition, you're usually not prone to attack other people, and it's kind of like you always have to be provoked to get attacked Mm -hmm. it's weird yeah and like it's tough to play sometimes i think but you're right it's not like there's so much you could do with the fighter right Mm -hmm. yes the fighter is a blank canvas for you to be whatever kind of character you want yeah i've played with a fighter who was just a book merchant and like defended his books i love that i was a classic dwarven fighter we have gunslingers from uh, Mm -hmm. desperado towns like there's so much but the monk, it's not like you're going to be a sailor monk, which is yeah. funny now that I say it out loud. So somebody will work on you, making I mean, you that could. Happen. I can totally imagine you, like, climbing the walls, but it's like the mast. You know, you sort of, like, parkour your way up to the to the crow's nest. Ah, yes. But then you still wonder, like, where did you get your martial training from? You're still so tied, because it's, like, in your name, right? Monk comes is, like, tied to monastery. Right, like that's sort of like where they come from. Yeah, and so it's always looming in the back of my mind. You like got this orderly training somewhere, you know, like somewhere in you there is this disciplined past. Yeah, it's it's also like I I don't want to compare it to it, but I'm going to. It's the same as your vanilla paladin mm-hmm. who's like justice and honor, and if that's I break, how I feel about my... some clerics too. Yeah, and if I break my code, it's over for me. Like, there's just, like, it's so little you can do with it. I think it's it's similar in the ways that it's super easy to play, like, edgelord, outsider, rangers, and rogues. Those are classes that just, like, yearn to be, like, I just sit and sulk in the corner of the bar and I don't talk to anybody. Uh, What a drag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't need that. Uh. Yeah, to be fair, though, you could, like, have a huge psychological discussion with yourself before you play every session and be like, what are the reasons why a monk would attack based on the code that I've created for myself? Like, Mm -hmm. figuring out however you can make certain decisions, but that seems just like a lot of work. And this is also like being, like, really role-play heavy and making everything make sense. You could go attack people as a monk if you want to. I mean, like, no one's going to call you out on it. You just want to, yeah. Yeah, but still, I think we're just... I'm just thinking of it as, like, a super role-play thing right now. Now that, I, now that I think about it, too, like, across a bunch of classes, like, wizards are always nerds. Rachel did a great job in our Candlekeep one-shot, though, to, to break that. Especially when she, um... Oh, gosh. When she just, like, wrecked Elise's character's day. <sighs> By saying, like, you know, not everything comes down to, like, what the pieces of paper mean. I was going to say, like, even that, but also Rachel in general has always played the wizard cool. Because even Anna, Anna never struck me as a nerd. That's true. Like, she, they're always smart, but never, like, bookish. Yeah. I played a nerdy sorcerer when I played a sorcerer. Yeah, so I did the opposite. I took the jock class and played it as a nerd. I fully delve into, like, the, my sorcerer, like, attends a magic school, and it's just that, like, doesn't try kid that, like, walks in the door and, like, falls asleep on his desk, but, like, does fine in the class still. It's like, I already got the innate ability. Good night. 
Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't need to be here. Peace, peace. Classes, role play. It's funny. Like, it's always going to come back to, like, the classic stereotypes you're going to do for a certain class. Like, right. barbarians. Like they exist. You know, they these archetypes persist for a reason, right? Yes. Because it's the it's the ability scores you have to put into, right? You're, you're smart also as a that. wizard. Smarty usually means nerdy, right? Mm-hmm. Right, or like the wizard gets their magic through arcane study, right? And they have to carry around a book. It's these these like traps that are easy to fall into. And sometimes it's cool to play into that. And sometimes you want to break out of it. Yeah. I had a lot of fun playing like um, a, a wizard that was like a field researcher, right? So I had all these like vials of like dirt and like loose bugs and just like lizards and shit that I just like piled into a big bag. And I had like my binder of field notes. And that was cool to play. Did you go to school with Liliana at Witherbloom or something? I don't know. Boy, did I. It it sounds like that's what you're created or you've created. Just a little. It was a little bit less nefarious, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, sorry. I didn't didn't consume as many. Well, maybe. I think they totally would have been in Witherbloom. Yeah. Wow, the truth comes out. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't, they weren't like selfish or anything. They were very good hearted about it, but they definitely did not mind using their resources. Yeah, I mean, there's there's good-heartedness in Witherbloom. We talk about it. Belladros Witherbloom is a very sweet dragon. Like, she's right. she's very, she's my girlfriend, too. So, <laughs> she's, she's my girlfriend. My, my dragon girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> my dragon girlfriend. <laughs> my dragon girlfriend. Uh, mm. <laughs> I was thinking about um, with, like, classes, too, because, like, if someone's playing a monk and they're like, I'm not very charismatic, and it's like, what's your charisma score? 10 and it's like well you're it's not like you have no charisma whatsoever it's just mm-hmm. that your charisma is mad I think it's funny when people it's like it's very middle of the road yeah they take their lowest ability score and treat it like it's a 1 mm-hmm. <laughs> right but to be fair like a 1 in charisma is literally like like you can't be in public without causing a scene that's a little too low because I forgot like I think like a three in intelligence is like or three in charisma is like you can't talk or something mm-hmm. right it's like you you cannot respond you cannot converse I forgot there's a spell that decreases a character's intelligence and charisma to a certain level where they're oh, is not it able feeble to mind speak. that's it yeah so you know and there's certain spells too that that don't work if your intelligence isn't like above a four. <laughs> They're like, you're too stupid to know this. You know, what's, like, the response to that for the creature where it's like, it didn't work, and it's like, aha, I am stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to be dumb, you know? Yeah, bliss. The ignorant mm-hmm. bliss of some of these creatures is pretty freaking amazing. Right. But monks, who are not intelligent, they're wisdom. We haven't talked about wisdom, so back to the monk with that. <laughs> We've both played... Monks, I've played a drunken master. You've played Jin and Natalia as well, yes. which I think we've also in mentioned. Our secret, in our secret one-shot life where Josh and I just roll up characters and play with each other. Also, I'm going to just say this right now. If you have the time as a DM and, like, one of your players is free to do something, do something fun. Because I had a DM who did that with me. We just did a one-on-one dragon encounter, and it's, like, really fun. It just adds to the world that you're building. Right, if you're just sitting there, like, waiting for the rest of your players to show up and one of you is early, you know, just, like, roll some dice. Like, have some fun. Build the world a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I always joke it could be, like, a flashback or something that happened in a different part of the world. Like, 
have fun with it. <laughs> but we yeah. both, we got the monks. We got the monk experience. What is the next monk that you are looking forward to play? The next one for me is probably going to be the Way of the Astral Self. I think it's a really cool monk build in Tasha's. I like that right off the bat, you get a really, you get a, an awesome access to force damage, right? Which is usually something that just the Warlock has at low levels, which is such a reliable damage type. Oh, definitely. Your attacks are immediately magical. Um, and it's just cool to imagine, like, you know, the sort of like the, your third eye awakening and all these, like, astral arms unfolding behind you <laughs> as you just, like, get these, like, spirit arms to punch your enemies. I think that's so cool. I do love that. I think it's also, I don't know, I get like the Doctor Strange vibe from it. Yes, it's the very same. Sort and of I'm, like awakened mind. And I think you can just use your wisdom modifier for those attacks. I'm so, pretty sure that's the case, yeah. Yeah, it makes it less multi-ability score dependent. So it's funny that you mentioned Tasha because oh. I'm going to pick the other one in Tasha <laughs> as the one I want to play next, which is the Way of Mercy. I try to stop myself. That's why I've played, like, Traben with no healing, but I kind of like having a little bit of healing no matter what I play. It's so good to have the option, you know? I currently am playing characters that don't have healing except for Kiva, um, yeah. who heals all the time. And my other two, it's just like whenever someone goes down, you look at yourself and you're like, I can't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you have one healer and that person goes down, mm -hmm. you're like, we can't get them up until this is over. Like, we right. we have to beat this fight, otherwise we die. We just die. Yeah. That's it. I love the fact that it's a different stylistic approach to the monk. Like, I really want to make an Italian Renaissance doctor out of this class. Mm -hmm. Just changing regions with uh, classes I think is really cool. And... Hands of Harm, Hands of Mercy, I like the features in the class, and I think there's a lot of cool things you could do. I just want to be an Italian doctor, like an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. That's all yeah, I want to do. Yeah, you want that plague doctor, man. Or from history. I don't know. Or Another from place they're life. from. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Cool. We love you, Monk. This is, this is our love letter to you, so go mm -hmm. you, Monk. Yes. And... It's no Keke Genkai secret that you can like and subscribe to the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast.